You're an atheist, so what standards are you using to describe good and evil? I'm gonna go right off the bat and tell you the first thing I'm not using as a moral standard. I'm not right. getting we'll get my morals from the guy that slaughters kids in Egypt. If the blood of Jesus was not shed, what would happen? If you don't have Jesus crucified and risen, you have no Christian faith. Oh, that's simple. But he was and he did and we do. I don't see it as, as relevant whatsoever. Whatsoever. So, well, I yeah, want to know what the blood you're is. Because you're railing against Christianity now, so it must be relevant. It's how you make your money. So it's got to be any relevant. <laughs> I don't make any money off it. Hello and welcome to the Post-COVID Church. What now? The mission, energizing Christians to engage the lost and hurting in your community. Here's your host, Stuart Kellogg, author of The Post-COVID Church. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is a little different than most of my previous ones. Rather than telling a story, you're going to hear highlights from a contentious encounter with an atheist podcaster. Now, I knew what I was getting into when I accepted an invitation to be part of Michael Wiseman's The Bible Says What? He delights in challenging and harassing Christians for believing in an, quote, evil God. His constant interruptions and refusal to even discuss with me the context for difficult scriptural passages I provided meant it would be more like a boxing match than a debate. Now, I enjoyed the sparring, and Michael allowed me to share with his audience what the post-COVID church project is all about. He also asked probing questions about the future of the church. What then followed were a lot of attacks, and my attempts to help his audience think a bit differently about the Bible and the Christian faith. Here are highlights, including tough questions all Christians must be ready to answer. How do you know he's there? Is he there with you now, though, Stuart? Is the he like... Holy Spirit is here. Okay, so how do you know? Okay, because it sounds like you want Jesus next to me to see, and then you would believe. Is, is that where I'm getting? Well, it's a good start, Stuart. I mean, okay. staying invisible right. and hidden isn't a very good start for believing. Let's show let's up. Look at something, let's <laughs> look at something historical, Michael. Okay. Um, God did appear through Jesus. To who? Oh, well, I wasn't there, Stuart, and neither were you. Dude, well, these, on, there's please, lots of stories please. of God's appearing to people, though, Stuart. Historically, you are not going to deny, are you, that there was a man called Jesus? I know you don't believe he's God, but a man called Jesus walked on earth, right? I don't know if there was a man called Jesus that walked the earth, but I can almost oh, guarantee so you that he Julius, had no magical powers. What about? Hold on. <laughs> what about Julius Caesar? You believe? I don't he know. On Doesn't earth? matter. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Come on. If you believe in history, you could. Re so most people, even the most strident atheists, believe there was a man called Jesus. It's historically cool. So there was obvious. a man called Jesus. So, all right. How do you know he was your God? So, I'm trying to tell you, Michael. Please. Okay. So, Jesus was fully man and fully God. He is tri-eternal. So, how he do didn't you know that, though, Stuart? That's that's another claim. You're just claiming Listen things. Here. To, I'm trying to tell you how I know, and I'm trying. Wait, how to do tell you, you know? Michael. Is it in the Bible? Is that what it is? Let me tell you. So he okay, was there. He, you see me, you see God with his disciples. He was healing people about three, three and a half years. He was, uh, they were going through and there were miracles done. People were there. He, God was there. He was arrested. What happened? They all ran like scalded dogs. The people who had been with him and listening left. He was arrested. He was convicted. He was killed and put on the cross. There were a couple of women there. That was it. 
And they even said, if we just keep the body, we show the body, this movement is gone. That's Rome and the Pharisees. Well, what happened? He was resurrected. 500 saw him. All of a sudden, these scalded dog runners <laughs> came back, saw him. He then went back up to heaven. They gathered. You've heard of Pentecost. I know you have. I've heard it all, Stuart. They gathered all. there. And so Pentecost came. The Holy Spirit came. And all of a sudden, these people who were with God, when they saw him, ran when he died. When he was re resurrected, they came together. The Holy Spirit came, and the church exploded. And they were in the same Roman Empire. That proves, points to, that it was reality. Look at how they acted before. Look at how they acted when it was all the Holy Spirit coming and making the difference. So that is a marker to me showing so that when I ask Christ in, into my life, I believe the Holy Spirit came. Proof, proof, no, but a real strong marker. And, and even you, <laughs> you're a skeptic, you're a non-believer of Christianity, you will admit that there was a big difference between these followers with Jesus and then after he was resurrected, and most of them died a martyr's death. It's just That's a story. A, marker, a real big moment. Just a story, Stuart. What about those facts? That Do you deny any of those facts, I said? Those are facts. You're, you're, you're blaming, you're, you're talking about miracles. Miracles don't happen. Holy oh, Spirit, no. there's no such thing as a ghost, Stuart. But do you acknowledge the church came on and exploded in what it was doing without the, within the Roman Empire after that time in Pentecost. I don't know, and what does together. that have to do to prove that Jesus was a god? That has nothing to do uh, to prove that Jesus was a god. Your claim that God was here on earth is just a claim. You have no proof of this god showing up. You have a story, Stuart. There's lots of stories with lots of gods coming down and interacting with people. And how many were resurrected? It doesn't matter what they did. When we look, and I assume you're an advocate of the Big Bang, you seem like a science guy. The Big oh, Bang theory, I don't that know. it all started. Is that no idea? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. I haven't studied the beginnings. Well, of the most scientists to make a valid. Most scientists, decision. almost all. If you you look, uh, say it started from a particular point because cool. it's expanding. If you go backwards, so it is, and our belief that that is a proof an uncreated God, infinite, has always been there. Uh -huh. The other's response is Sam Harris, and the other's is, I don't know. So, again, a marker, a marker. Another thing that Wait, wait, that wait, wait, hold on, hold on it. that marker. Let's go back to that marker. Let me, help me understand that marker. So the marker is that you think God started the Big Bang. That's your marker? If there's a Big Bang, there has to be a Big Banger. Why? That's a fact. That's a scientific every cause. It can't. It has to have a cause. I don't That's know how that works. But uh, if every yeah. if everything has to have a cause, what caused your God? That's what I'm saying. He is the uncreated creator. Well, now he's now he has he, special privileges here. Yeah, I think the marker points to that as as we look at what he did in creation. For example. You look at, at the earth, it is the, in the most perfect place. A little closer to the sun, we fry. A little farther, we freeze. Gravity is perfect. We Cancer's are so children. made. It did We're not so just special. evolve. It did not just evolve. We need glasses to see. Man. I, I can choke on things. Like, my air pipe and my swallowing pipe are the same one. This is not a great design. This is not great. <laughs> If this is you the best God can do, the, he needs you look to look at how the body operates. 
specifically. It's uh, unbelievably amazing. Cancer and children. Think you think your cancer. loving God designed children's bodies to a, to have cancer? Do you think no. that happened? So he, he designed. Result of so your loving God made children immune to cancer. Oh, he chose he not let to. me answer. But he chose not. He to. let me answer. Go ahead. He created all of us, you, me, everybody, in the image of God. And as we saw in the fall, when Adam and Eve chose that they wanted to be like God, Whoa. and uh, and sin entered the world. Who let it and in? The brokenness there, the sin nature, and and that included the world itself and all around it. And Who that it? is the problem of our broken world. Who allowed it in, Stuart? Who they allowed had free sin? Will. And they in. chose. No, 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 they no. Who allowed it in? And sin is spoiled goodness. The goodness is there, and it was spoiled by their ch choices of, of following the evil one. Wow. And Who in that the broken evil one world, in? <laughs> you have to it. understand there is the free will to choose, and there are consequences for when people choose particular things. Cause and effect is a big thing throughout the throughout the Bible and throughout life, as you're well aware. You're a dad. Yeah. Uh, cause and effect and, and things that happen. And so that is an example of it. And in exactly. this brokenness comes cancer. Exactly. Absolutely. Cause and effect. And all sorts of other horrible. And did God know it was happening? Yes. But but let me ask you, but Michael, I don't understand because you, you're, you're an atheist. So what standards are you using to describe good and evil? What are the stand the moral standards that you're using? I'm going to go right off the bat and tell you the first thing I'm not using as a moral standard. I'm going to read a Bible verse, Psalm 136.10. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. I'm not right. getting we'll get... my morals from the guy that slaughters kids in Egypt. And we'll talk about that. Second about off, that. where I'm getting my morals from, not from that invisible guy. I'm getting them from the society, my experiences, my empathy, my common sense. All of these things build my morality. Hmm. So you can change your it off of do less harm. So if it causes less harm, that's probably going to be a better choice than the one that causes more harm. You determine the moral law. You, Michael, that's we what you're saying. We all, do. We all determine our own moral law. Do we not? <laughs> no, no, Michael. My belief is clearly it's not, is the moral law was given by God. You get oh, your moral law from that. a documented child killer story. I will answer that. That is such that is that is such a red herring, and I'll get to that. But but what I'm asking, what I'm saying is, Michael, you are taking from us this morality because you don't want your car stolen. What's what morality am I taking from you? The idea that it is not right to steal a car. I'm not getting That's that morality not from you, Stuart. I'm telling you right now, I don't want my car stolen. I have empathy toward right. my other human beings on this planet. I wouldn't want to yeah. take their property either because I know how much that would suck. But what about your neighbor if he wanted to steal cars? So that's okay because that's his morality. Then he will get uh, arrested because we are in a system arrested? where we do less harm. That point of, of you don't want to worship uh, a God who's Documented a Documented child killer. And Documented child killer. Let, let's, let's talk about that. So Let's do. Okay, good. Because this... this it's a fair question, and, and I apologize for saying red herring because that's no, you're that's good. I fair. love it. No, Stuart, we're doing great. Don't worry about it. No, that's a <laughs> because it's a fair question. We've got to be able to answer it. So look at the time, ancient Near East, right? Mm -hmm. Historical, very violent place. You have 
God's chosen people, the Hebrews, under uh, enslavement, under Pharaoh, uh-huh. 400 years. Uh-huh. He has said, and remember, we talked about the fall, sin in the world. His plan His cause, is through that. That, by was, God. that was the cause of, of that free will. And he is saying to, to remedy it through his people, through that line, through the Messiah who will come. His people, his determination was they were going to be in a certain land. In that land were the Canaanites and, and other uh, uh, peoples. Mm-hmm. He had to get his people out of bondage, led by Moses, as you know, and we'll talk about that story, into this land. And the fact is, those Canaanites, if you know about them, been around about 700 years at that time. Baal was one of their uh, Baal was one of their <laughs> gods. In their own literature, raped his sister 77 or 88 times, which means all the time as a beast. Moloch, I'm talking about what God uh, did. I'm talking about what God did. We're, we're, we're talking about this the is children easy. of Egypt. Do you remember that one story? The, the they, Passover? Hold on. This is the people group that his people are going to that well, land. Their That's kids who deserve to die it. because of that, Stuart? Do you think That's their children deserve who, to die because those parents absolutely. were bad? Wow. And do you know how horrible this, and, and as far as debauchery, bestiality, wow. incest, orgies, heterosexual, homosexual, he Slow did not down, want his man. people Slow to be down. part of Canaanites. Canaanites were, were in other parts, but not in this land. One of the problems, the whole reason he wanted the Canaanites out, his people, he didn't want them um infected, if you will, by the Canaanites, but that's exactly what happened. And he did de- uh, deal severely with his people. So to say he didn't is nonsense. Um, we're talking about the, 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 the specific children of Egypt. Yes. So those okay. kids had to die because their parents were bad. Is that what you're telling me? That is the culmination of the Pharaoh, a horrible, wicked uh, Pharaoh and his people would not let the chosen people, the Hebrews, go. And you know what happened during the plagues. Yeah, let's go back to the, the part where, where where we begin the story by God telling Moses that he's going to harden the Pharaoh's heart so that he will be able to kill his kid. He even says that he brought up Pharaoh. I have raised you up, Pharaoh, for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. That's why he's doing it, Stuart. It's all for him, his own ego, his own, he's very self-centered. But the best part, the best part, it, it, it's actually in Ezekiel 26, uh, 36, 26, Ezekiel 36, 26. I give you a new heart and I put a new spirit in you and I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Why didn't he do that for Pharaoh? You seem to think Pharaoh was a boy scout. His heart was so hardened himself. Look at how he treated people. And so he had no choice. Of course he could have changed. He wasn't a Boy Scout whose heart was hardened. He had no choice because of how he lived. His heart was so hard. He would not change. And do you know why he wouldn't change? Because he wanted to be God, Pharaoh, and not the God of the Hebrew people. That's why. Pharaohs were gods. They weren't our God. And that was the issue. And guess who Guess who one-upped them, right? Who proved it? And where did the people go? And what did it lead to? So the Passover, the blood on the door. Why did Yahweh need blood on the door? Did he not know which people were his? He wanted them He wanted them to obey, but they were not touched. That was the last 
point at which then the people the people were free. And again, you have to keep in mind who this who this uh, leader was. But as far as why God chose it at the time, I don't know. We'll find out, or maybe not. I don't know. Well, so you, you were about the loving the God, uh, the good part. You think you think Jesus is coming down the sacrifice and all that's the loving a good part. So let's let's touch on that a little bit. Would you, mm-hmm. Stuart, choose to forgive people in that way? Would you slaughter the innocent in order to forgive the guilty? And again, you have to realize Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. What an expression of the love for those who, as I mentioned that idea of how you define love for those who don't deserve it, those of us as sinners, uh, shedding the blood for them uh, was that act of love, which is then shared throughout the world continuation of that idea that we see of of his giving loving self and that continues now through the holy spirit so what's the blood for stuart what happens if jesus does not die and that blood is not shed what happens if you don't have jesus crucified and risen you have no christian faith oh that's simple but he was and he did and we do stuart these are not historical facts michael i said that the historical fact is this man Jesus was crucified, and look at the people before the Holy Spirit came, whether you believe it was there or not, all of a sudden, the church exploded in the believers. Why is that? I would think you would be curious to say, hmm, something happened. You'll see this as relevant whatsoever, whatsoever. So, well, yeah, it is because you're because you're railing against Christianity now, so it must be relevant. It's how you make your money. So it's got to be relevant. relevant. (laughs) I don't make any money off this. Very little. Just enough to pay the whatever I go for for this. No, 100%. I'm not not in this for the money, Stuart. (laughs) Why why do you think we have free will? Yeah, it's the only way that truly you can love is if you have the choice to love or to not love. The choice to be with him or or not uh, to be with him. And not being forced to otherwise we're we're robots every knee shall bow stuart mm-hmm. remember that Absolutely. verse yeah that's Absolutely. that's being forced to do something uh, no um he's going to force me to bow to him that's that's not free will right he's off the bat not, he's not going to force but that is saying that is what will happen uh as as we worship even if he does show up i'm not going to go bowing to him that's really weird I don't understand why people kneel and bow to these things. You said where it's like saying where in the Bible is Trinity. The word Trinity isn't there, but Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the same with free will. Whether the word is there, you can see the choices people make. There's a cause and effect. There's a choice that people make and a consequence for the choices they make throughout uh, Scripture that way and throughout our life. And and that is absolutely um, how we see that free will that we're not, and you have free will. You're choosing not to, you have, I guess, walked away. Michael is bright, passionate, and unwilling to admit he'd consider any ideas counter to his firm atheistic worldview. His objections aren't out of line. I was naive to believe there might be some room to discuss. My prayer is it does someone, somewhere, some good. I've included a link to the entire interview in the podcast introduction. Feel free to let me know what you think. Just write at Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at thepostcovidchurch.org. If you enjoy What Now? The Post-COVID Church podcast, please like, subscribe, and share.
I'm Stuart Kellogg. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Post-COVID Church What Now? with your host, Stuart Kellogg. For more information, visit thepostcovidchurch.com. And you're invited to join the Post-COVID Church Facebook group. Please share the Post-COVID Church podcast with your friends.